0: Welcome to this episode of the Spirit Life Podcast, where we discuss issues pertaining to life and ministry. In this episode, we're going to look at the role of the church in impacting the community with the good news of Christ we have a guest today. He is an innovative church planner that started a church around two years ago using missional incarnational principles and has made a a tremendous impact in the community that he is serving. So whether you are a pastor or somebody that's contemplating starting a church or just a believer that understands that being Christian is much more than just coming to church and sitting down on Sundays, then this episode is, is definitely for you. So let's take a listen. Hello and welcome to the Spirit Life Podcast. I am Pastor John, and today's topic is the role of the church in impacting its community. And with me today is Rudy Paniagua. Rudy, I am just excited to have you here with us.
1: I am happy to be here. Thank you, Pastor John.
0: Okay, so our our listeners can't see this, but there's a horse kind of walking around us. Uh, tell us a little bit about this. Your son's actually on the horse.
1: Yeah, so that's a horse that we uh, um, bought uh, when we became uh, church planters in this community where um, it is a equestrian community um, with a Mexican uh, ranch community. Very nice.
0: So we are right now in Avocado Heights, right? Yes, is...
1: Avocado Heights in La Puente.
0: Okay. Um, brother, I've heard you say that most churches have a building fund. All right, but you guys have what kind of a fun? We had
1: a horse fund when we church planted two years ago. Um, we identified this community and we said, you know, if we're gonna be a missional incarnational church, yeah. we need to be able to engage this community. And so we started a, uh, a horse fund and we were able to uh, buy a horse yeah, That's great. <laughs> I love
0: it. Talk about contextualization, right? Yes, that's right. That's right. Okay, Rudy, you know what? Uh, share a little bit about yourself. Let's, yeah. let's let the audience get to know who you are.
1: So I was born in Guatemala and I immigrated to this country uh, when I was 10 years old. Um, and then I went to high school, went to school here. I was working as a, uh, a surgical first assistant in a, in surgery, doing cardiac surgery. I got married to my beautiful wife, Tanya, who... Um, had two kids from a previous marriage and so we quickly became a uh, blended family which i don't really like that term yeah and maybe you know in another podcast we can talk about uh <laughs> okay blended family yeah. but um so we became a, a blended family the elder the oldest was 11 and uh the youngest was six when i came into their life with two kids and now we have two of our own uh noah and abella and um i'm happy to be doing what I'm doing today as a, as a pastor and as a planter in this community of Avocado Heights.
0: Wow. Okay, great. Um, so let's see here. I have some questions. Yes. Uh, just regarding what you're doing to impact the community. Yeah. And you're passionate about that. I am. And, and I should just go ahead and say this, that uh, you have been the director of church planting for the Southern Pacific District of the Assemblies of God, correct? Correct. And you just got a... Um, brand-new call yes go to uh, SoCal Network and do it over there just share a little bit about that what is that about
1: yeah so um, with the Southern Pacific District of Assemblies of God which is the Hispanic district in Southern California um, for the last two years I was equipping and training uh, planters to plant missional incarnational churches and so uh, we took them through a six-month training where they would learn to study and learn about their community just like i did when we planted the church and so we've uh, able we were able to equip and train seven planters wow. with spd and now we're in a transition to a new assignment over a socal network which is the english um district or network of assemblies of god in southern california uh, where we're going to be doing the same thing
0: Okay, Rudy, explain to us the term missional incarnational.
1: Yeah. So it comes from Jesus Christ being a missional um, incarnation where he left uh, heaven um, to come into this world to lead us and to show us and demonstrate um, how we were supposed to live as Christians.
0: Okay, great. Okay, so I have a few questions for you. Okay. Okay, here's the first question. Um, Why are you so passionate? about churches reaching and impacting their community.
1: Yeah, you know, I my, my passion comes from empowering the Hispanic community to live out their purpose and their calling and really taking the church out of the four walls and really becoming a, a, a church that is embodied by the people and where we, where we live and taking the gospel in everything that we do in our lives. Okay, and where did this passion come from? Um, I went to LABI uh, Bible College and really started there learning more of the Pentecostal Hispanic yeah. tradition and really um, understanding more of um, my uh, the, the Hispanic community and where we've been and where we're going in, in the States. And then I transferred over to, uh, after graduating LABI, I went to Fuller and Seminary and really understanding and grasping... Um, the lack of our Hispanic theology in our textbooks, and really uh, the the books embracing our culture as a Hispanic
0: community. Okay, great. Uh, is there a book, by the way, uh, in the future?
1: Uh, you know, I <laughs> uh, definitely in, in the missional church and in yeah. the, in, the, in the Hispanic context and culture.
0: Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, so be the church is the church that you planted here yes. in Avocado Heights. It's a missional church. Yes. So tell us a little bit about the vision that Vida Church has um, for reaching the community.
1: Yeah, so one of the, like I said, three areas that we identified in this um, Vida Church um, community in Avocado Heights. Pastor John, there has been many churches of AG in our district that have been planted in this community but have closed. And so I came in knowing and asking God, why another church and why leave Orange County and and leave everything behind to plant another church? We're one of 10 churches here. And um, second AG church that is in, in Avocado Heights in this community. And so my focus was, Lord, why me? Why another church? And why do I need to be here? When I was asking God this, he said, Rudy, You need to start listening to what I have have heard and you need to start seeing of what I've seen. And so those three areas that he showed me was the strip clubs, the low-income families, and the equestrian community, the ranch community. And so my vision came to engage those three areas. I needed to become and go and be the light and the hands and feet of Jesus in those three areas that God had demonstrated to me.
0: Wow. So what has been the strategy to uh, implementing those goals?
1: so with the equestrian it was the horse we needed to get a horse that was going to lead us to engage that community um, second was the low income there was an evergreen baptist church that had been doing uh, this food bank for the last two years but no hispanic church that was um, teaming up or partnering with them and so i came alongside of them and i started being they created this bridge and this partnership with them and they provided us with resources, uh, uh, families, uh, relationships that allow us to reach the, and engage that in low-income community. Thirdly, we um, teamed up in partnership with this ministry called Treasures out of Oasis Church in LA, and we started doing outreach to the dancers in the strip clubs, basically giving them gift bags, basically letting them know that in those those gift bags they were valued and they had gifts like makeup, jewelry, and a written testimony of an ex-dancer that was able to be reached for God or for Jesus Christ and, um, and they were able to make it out of there. And so we have been doing engaging the, for the last two years these three areas that have allowed us to have influence in this community now.
0: So what has been uh, the result? Tell me a little bit about the strip cups clubs first and yeah. then some of the inroads you've made into the uh, equestrian community
1: yeah so with the strip clubs we started getting to know the bouncers of those strip clubs yeah because the, man they're the they're the gatekeepers they they won't let you in um you know the, the 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 women there that's a business for them so um we were able to build build a relationship with, with with them and we were able to um with with more consistency be able to reach those those women in in that are dancing there because we were able to um, get along with the build a relationship with the gatekeeper and they know that there's a church that is praying for them that welcomes them and that is ready to receive them whenever they make that decision to leave that business
0: Wow okay so what about with the ranchers
1: with the ranchers, you know, we, um, we started doing different activities with them. Um, we started sharing more of the Christian uh, rancher uh, bands that are out there. Uh, we started doing some equestrian events with them, and uh, we became one of them. I literally became a cowboy. I became a rancher, where I uh, boots, hats. Uh, I, I I even have a truck now that I'm able to use to haul horses for them, where I'm able to pick up food for them for their horses, and just become one of them, and that allow me to have that respect and influence to speak into their lives.
0: Okay. Uh, that, that's pretty amazing, and you look like a cowboy. <laughs> First thing I noticed, right when I got out of the car, yeah, uh, your boots, the whole getup, right, your belt. You look great, by the way. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's
1: that incarnational pastorship. It's yeah. it's becoming like yeah. them, not losing my foundation of faith. Um, you know, Pastor John, one of the things that has that has allowed me to have influences. Um, they drink around me, they they smoke around me, they talk. You know, uh, the, 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 their culture, but by being there it has allowed me to be yeah. the light and sure. to at times they say oh forgive me pastor but but at least they acknowledge that there's a religious figure there among right. amongst them yeah. that are able to guide them and and, and counsel them yes. uh, in their time of need
0: wow and so uh, have any of them visited church They've,
1: they've come to church, they come to our park uh, services that we have uh, once every two weeks. We have a park service where they come and they bring their families. Yeah. Um, we are dealing with a community that is very Catholic and that is very Mexican, uh, you know, um, uh, macho mindset and so a lot of them won't come to the church but they come to me for counseling they come to me yeah. for guidance they right. come to me outside of the four walls because of a lot of uh, their, their tradition within the Catholic church where they have been disowned by family members because
0: they've stepped into a Christian church Wow so um, probably people out there that will only uh, acknowledge outreach as being successful if you have people actually coming to church, joining the church, becoming members. But I'm hearing you say you're pastoring them where they're at, outside the four walls. Just like Jesus did. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and, and that's
1: and that's really what the church is today. You know, what I found out here yeah. when we planted Pastor John, was that we thought we were going to be reaching the unchurch. Yeah. But here's a term that I've been kind of dealing with and wrestling with and kind of uh, asking God to guide me with. D church people.
0: You call them D church. Not D church. Not
1: on gotcha. Because a lot of them here in this community have been a part of a Christian church. Wow. But they have been hurt, they have been betrayed, and they have seen and tasted a, a, a church that is not really a biblical foundation church. So I've been having to answer questions and walk next to them of showing them why we're different and why they need to come back to the church. And, and that has taken me longer to work with because they're not on church where they haven't been able or around Christians. But these people in this community have actually been hurt by the church. And that's what we've called the church.
0: That's a, a new term for me. Okay, so uh, I want to go back and talk about the, I, I guess you said 10 churches in yes, the past. Yes. I mean, I'm assuming Assemblies of God churches? No,
1: so there, there's uh, four different denominations that have churches here, but they're, yeah. they're all um, churches that are um, uh, from outside. Meaning that the, the congregation are from outside, they're not from within.
0: Okay, so why have those churches failed? And what's different about be the Church? You've been around two years, and you're making inroads into the community. Share that with us.
1: Yeah, so they are transitional churches. They are commuting churches, meaning the building is here, But the pastor doesn't live here and the community, the congregants of that church doesn't live here as well. They come from San Gabriel Valley. They even come from L.A. We are the only church that the pastor lives in that community. And we are the only church that is the church of that community. Meaning we eat where they eat. We walk like they walk. We talk like they talk. And we live in their life, so we're able to relate to their pain and suffering and, and sacrifices that they're making within their families because we understand it, because we are one of them.
0: Wow. Okay, um, let's go to the next question. Yeah. you br- We briefly touched on you being uh, the church planning director, Southern Pacific District, and now, uh, uh, and now with Southern California Network. Network. So What is your vision? What is your your plan for the churches uh, over there? Um, What can you say to pastors of of existing churches? Maybe pastors that are thinking of starting a church. What's some of the advice that you can give us in, in reaching the community, impacting the community?
1: Yeah, so one of my passions has been to really train and equip pastors for today's church. Um, talking with a lot of the d church community here people that have been around the the christian church people that have been around the 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 functions of of the church um, i have heard and listened to them saying that they want more of jesus that they want a pastor that can guide them from point a to point b they want a pastor and a leader that is able to nurture That is able to embrace them where they're at and allow them to grow and give it by giving them the tools. And so, at the district level, I wanna be able to teach people and pastors how to do that. And this is the three things that God has shown me. There is the first stage of planting a church where a pastor needs to be led by God by faith. Abraham left. He did not know where he was going. He didn't have a home. He didn't have a car. He he. Just, God told Abraham, "Go," and he went. So we need to start teaching the pastors that where God is calling you, just you just need to go. Trust God by faith. Number two, the second stage of planting a church is the Moses stage. Moses, when he was called by God in Exodus, he said, "Moses, I need you to be a liberator." I need you to go and tell my people that I have seen and I've heard their cries and their and 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 their their cries and their um slavery st- uh, situation and I need you to go and liberate them and take them out. And as pastors, we need to learn how to liberate people from their sin, hmm. how to liberate people from their situation, Fantastic. how to liberate in their in, in their lives. And the third stage is the Noah stage. I came here thinking that I was gonna build the church. But when we look at Noah's season of life, he received specific instructions how, how to build the ark where people were gonna be saved. And those three, and those specific instructions I received by God on how to build the ark so that people from the dancing strip clubs community can come in. The ranchers community can come in, and the low-income or the hopeless people can come in to be the church where they would also be saved. So I want to be able to train those pastors of today to say, you can also do it, but don't come in with your own uh, perspectives and your own way of doing church, but listen to what God wants to do through your gifts and talents.
0: That is just a fantastic analogy of of a correct ecclesiology. Uh, So you're you're telling the, the person that has call to start a church. It's the Abraham stage. That's You're right. going to walk by faith. You're <laughs> going to be praying. You're going to be listening to God. That's right.
1: Pastor John, we uh, in Orange County, we had a salary uh, income with uh, combined with my wife of $170,000 a year. Wow. And in order to go through this process of planting the church, we had to be on welfare and food stamps with my family, living in one room. And I would say, God, why do I need to go through this? And he said, Rudy, because you don't have my heart yet. And a lot of times as pastorships in our seasons of leading people, we have to be able to understand different seasons to be molded in our hearts to really understand the people that we are going to be having or being asked by God to lead. Okay, you got to explain that. You don't have my heart yet. What does that mean? Yeah, so... When we came in from a Orange County lifestyle to Avocado Heights, uh-huh. we were going to come in as a dictator, as, as a pastor telling people, what do you mean you, you can't get a job? Go get a job. I made it. I was an immigrant. And you're, you're an immigrant. You can do it as well. Standing in line in the welfare and social security office, we felt with, with Tanya, my wife's God, telling us, look around. These are the people that you're going to be ministering and bringing my hope to. Wow.
0: Amazing. Amazing. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Moses uh, stage. Yeah. Okay, so uh, somebody plants a church, uh, then what? You got to start listening to the people.
1: You got to go around and start seeing their pain and start listening to what they're yearning for what what's your church why why has god called you there what's going to make you different why why another church in that community what is it in you that god has seen, seen that you have that you're going to liberate them from their sin from what their their, their uh, whatever is bringing destruction or whatever is keeping them slave to moving forward
0: in their lives Okay, uh, the Noah stage. Just expound a little bit on that.
1: Yeah, so Noah, you know, build an ark. Build a church that people can come in and be saved. Not where they're gonna be ridiculed, not where they're gonna be condemned, not when they're gonna be told what to do, but build an ark that people can come in and move to the next season of their lives. And that's what Noah did. He built an ark that was with God's instruction that was going to be used for the future of this world.
0: Okay, so that leads me to talk about spiritual formation. If the church is an ark and people are coming in uh, to really just draw closer to Jesus, well, what does that look like? What's, what's, how does the church uh, formulate uh, a discipleship ministry of some kind to do that?
1: Yeah, so what we did was to get them connected. And the way that we get them connected is through service. And so we, the first thing that we want them to do is accept Jesus Christ, attend the girl classes that we have which is uh once every week and then get them connected through hospitality or being an usher that is going to allow us to see what they're made of how what's in their heart rather than just having discipleship classes where they get to sit sit and listen to someone speak we need to get them engaged and involved through life, ironing, sharpening, ironing, allowing them to see, to let us see what's in their heart by why they, how they talk, how they act, how they behave around people.
0: Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about succession. You, you have this call to go to Southern California Network and be the director of basically the, the of church planning. Yeah. And you're leaving your church. Brother, two years ago you planted it, right? <laughs> yeah. So I know the couple, by the way, I know the couple that is going to enter uh, the role of pastors, and they're fantastic. They are. But here's a question, a succession. Uh, What did you do to prepare them? Are they ready? Will will the same DNA still be found in them?
1: Yes, same DNA, same vision, different characteristic, of course, because we're all made different. But here's the thing, Pastor John. In our church, we always preached that all the leaders, in three years, they would need to go and be sent out. Huh. So that was from the from the get-go, from the beginning of Be The Church. We had said three years and go, uh, either to plant a church, either to open up a restaurant, either to do whatever God has called them to do and gifted them, they were going to go do. When I would leave to different... Um, responsibilities with the district the people that were taking over the church was good was pastor ricardo so he would be teaching he would be guiding the church when i was gone so that secession was there and me telling the leadership if anything happened to me pastor ricardo would be the one taking over the church so i already had been vision casting that anything happened to me or that god was calling us somewhere else pastor ricardo was going to be the man that god was raising
0: up to take over be the church oh that's that's incredible well, um, before I ask you the last question, hey Noah, this is your son Noah. Let's bring the horse over here. I'd love to get him on, on the podcast. What's the horse's name? This is Pecas, which means freckles in English. Pecas. Hi, Pecas. Beautiful white horse. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: And you know, and because we church planted and and getting. Um, accustomed to this community, yes. Noah now became an extreme cowboy. He's part of the Young Gun where he goes and does competition around Southern California That's awesome. and, That's and, awesome. and and really embraced this community as well and, and really something that was in him um, that allowed him to not only be a journey in church planting but also found a calling
0: upon himself and something that he enjoys doing. That's great. Noah, how do you like it? <laughs> Love it. Okay, brother. Uh, you know what? One last thing. We, yeah. have, we have to talk. Um, expand a little bit about just uh, your service to the needy in the community. Yeah. You mentioned a food bank. and yeah. Hey, tell us about that
1: yeah so finding out that low income we do a food bank with evergreen baptist church that has been really a kingdom mindset church yeah. when where you have a baptist and a pentecostal assemblies of god church working together to serve our community and so we do a food bank twice a month where we go and and we and we give them a a, a um, grocery list um that um, vegetables fruit bread uh meat product that they get twice a month And so that has been able to allow us to not only preach the gospel through scriptures, but allowing us to be the hands and feet of Jesus and meeting them where they're at and allowing us to come in to their heart through a need that they have.
0: Man, wonderful. This is great. And by the way... Uh, thank you for my cap. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, happy Father's Day. Thank you. The Fuller Theologic Seminary cap And I've always wanted one and I never seemed to get it and you gave it to me today. Yeah, so cool oh, No, no, uh,
1: thank you for being a part. You have been a blessing to the church uh, um, By by just walking this journey with us and, and investing in in the community and investing in the church as well So thank you. Thank you, Pastor John for allowing us to be a part of what you're doing as well
0: This is great uh, Brother, thank you so much for yeah. your time. Yeah. And I got to take a picture of your son on the horse. He's <laughs> great, by the way. <laughs> and, and before
1: we go, can I just have some, I have some closing thoughts here. Yeah, go ahead. I, I want to encourage every senior pastor to start a culture of multiplication to reach today's culture through church planting. Church planting reaches unchurched in the church. Church planting is a biblical model. And we also need church planting to raise pastors to lead their generation in their culture for today and always remember this there's never a good time to plant a church
0: but you have to do it anyway wow thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast i trust it was a blessing to your life i'd love to hear from you so please send me an email to pj at gmail.com once again that's pj at gmail.com and make sure to check out our website at spiritlifecc.org